is Backbone Takeover. We're joined by Noah and Russell. Days like these, of course, Wide Awake, the new EP is out now. Boys, how are we doing? Woo! We're very well, man. Excellent. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, first, I want to say congratulations. Uh, how does it feel, I guess, Wide Awake compared to previous releases? Wow. Okay. Did you want to start? No, you go for it, <laughs> You're so smart and diplomatic. Well, I mean, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty excited with this one. I mean, State of Growth was a while ago for those of you that may have known us back then. <laughs> Hopefully you don't remember it. <laughs> if you haven't, that's okay. Um, we think it's a pretty big step up from there. I mean, a lot of things have changed. Um, we went with Chris Lalek, producer. Um, he's the drummer of Wind Waker. Um, so he helped us with writing. He did the recording with us, um, mixed and mastered it. Yeah, just brought our sound up to a whole new level. A much, in our opinion, a much better level to where it was before. Mm. So we're very excited to have something out there that we're proud of at this point in time. Um, something that I think is pretty reflective of stylistically where we are at this point in time. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we recorded the CP. Uh, we finished it June last year. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 funny like I guess as, a, as an artist or a band by the time you release something usually your new songs or like your next things are already in motion sort of thing so we're in a bit of a different mindset to I guess what the public's seeing um, but it's still super exciting like this is like Ross said the, by far the best stuff that we've released in our opinions at least hopefully other people agree are, um, are you at the point now where like your new songs are starting to get annoying to yourselves because you've been listening to it for <laughs> nine months now however long yeah yeah sometimes <laughs> for, for a few of us yeah especially because like just even to practice them you have to listen to them a billion times let alone all the times you put them on your story or like post them but like Ah, it's 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 like a small price to pay. I don't really care. Yeah, I guess. yeah. and working with Chris, um, you know, a lot of people have been working with Chris recently. Obviously, Wind Waker. When is Love Language coming out? It can't be too far away. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> hopefully soon. Hopefully. Uh, what's it like working with him, man? Is he is he pushing ideas your way? Does he like kind of I guess realize a lot of your ideas? Well, it's I think it's a personally a little bit of both. Like with this EP, we did have some songs some content we brought to him that was already pretty well sort of refined we'd done a bit of work on it and we liked where it was going but i think they just needed a little bit of that magic touch that chris can bring to mm. it but then there was other songs that well some of the songs of the ep that we wrote with chris from scratch um mm. gravity was one of those honey was one of them yeah. um but high and glow and disassociate we actually had in the works for quite a long time mm. yeah um, like the main sort of hook for both those songs um verses they were all there um they've been sitting around for a while actually but chris definitely brought those up to a, a better standard in particular with choruses as well yeah um, he he brought our chorus writing up a lot yeah he's in um, he's, he's i think that's one of the, the thing about chris i really admire is that how well uh he can cover you know uh, i guess heavy music and especially a very popular tasteful style at the moment kind of like what's really trending quote unquote uh, but the fact he can just make it so accessible and poppy at the same time i think that's the brilliance and that's what really attracted us and i, I assume a lot of artists to chris and he's a he's basically like the, he's one of the freakiest musicians i've ever seen like he's unbelievable Did he, yeah does yeah. he show you guys up in any respect does he start like oh, yeah. on the guitar? <laughs> in most <laughs> respects nick honestly <laughs> yeah, yeah look i want it to sound nice but yeah, I know yeah. it's unbelievable <laughs> look, definitely the wide awake process we got showed up quite a lot i'd say <laughs> yeah but the beauty of that is just there's always something to learn and i i think that's what we quickly picked up with chris i think 
we've worked with a couple other producers and i think all in all they were valuable experiences um but i, I think value usually valuable uh from like a negative aspect where you experience something negative and you walk away and you sing well i won't do that again yeah. um which is which is unfortunate but it also brought us to chris and i think it made us realize um the type of producer and the type of even just general creatives that we want to work with and just that that change or that difference in work ethic i think genuinely chris is one of the most talented hard-working people i know i'd say especially in the yeah, music realm absolutely do, do you think there's something about um having someone like chris to work with and it's almost like because he's so talented in his own right it's almost mm. like you check your ego in at the door and it's like okay now we can open up a bit more in that sense yes. yeah for sure he, he, he kind of he not in a forceful way but uh in a very comfortable like we really really enjoy working with chris like it, it's 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 work you know quote unquote but yeah. um it's it's such an enjoyable experience and he's just he's he, and that's the thing about chris yeah i think to answer your question yes he does kind of make us leave all of that at the door um and it's not he, i don't think he's the same as a lot of producers where he'll go essentially press record and do the bare minimum do whatever he needs to do to get that you know that moolah at the end of the day um you know like it's it's such a it's such an investment from chris and i think that's something we really respect and the other thing you say the the ego side of things absolutely and there's another thing as well and this might sound a little bit philosophical but it's um he's kind of been in my opinion a bit of a teacher for us as well in that yeah we had some pretty stupid habits with our writing and our thought process about writing and how we were meant to sound quote unquote how we should sound it was really limiting beliefs and there's no real reason for it looking back on it at all but he helped us kind of realize that yeah um and if if he hadn't i'm not entirely sure where we would be at this point in time uh, music wise so the, there's definitely that sort of teacher element to, to it where he's like you've got some bad habits I'm going to help you break those and push you in a better direction kind of thing too which was so useful yeah absolutely and now Wide Awake's been out for close to a week now uh, how's the reception been um, like what are you guys feeling about that I think it's been really really wonderful um, I think it, it's I mean I mean you know generally when you believe you're making the best music you've you've made um, to date usually the response will kind of at least match your beliefs or um yeah I, and i think that's what we've found is that people are, are definitely enjoying our music more than they ever have and um i think that's just evident in the quality of music that we're producing at least compared to what we used to produce um it's it's, it's been wonderful i think uh it's funny i feel like honey is uh our, our last single before it came out is very it's very left-wing for us at this point yeah. um like it's definitely the the oddball i would say of wide awake um, and for a great reason, I think. I think like that's that song's gone uh, extremely well for us, um, and it's definitely one of the best songs, if not the best song on Wide Awake. So that's kind of evident in itself. But um, yeah, that day gave us a huge boost. Uh, we got a bit of playlisting from that, which was super exciting. And uh, I, I pretty quickly, a lot of people came to me, and I think Russell too, or most of us, and said, "I believe Honey's your best song," and it was very yeah. flattering. It was lovely to hear. Well, it's interesting because the way we kind of planned the the release of the singles and of course the ep in the order that they were we kind of thought um that gravity was going to be like the big most popular single mm, yeah not not necessarily saying that that's my favorite song in the ep or no. for, commenting on any of us but we thought that was how it might have gone mm. um if if you could say in a, in an 
objective sense what the best song would be for lack yeah. of a better phrase but the feedback we've been getting so far i think is actually saying sort of that honey was yeah the best song quote unquote or the one that mm -hmm. got the best response so it kind of and i guess that goes to show you can't really predict a lot yeah. of what happens with a release like you can plan and plan and do all the right things but at the end of the day you, you don't always know what's going to happen from a response point of view it's very much in the hands of the people that you're presenting it to yeah and it's so interesting how yeah you can theorize it based on what's happened in the past and what other bands have done and what's worked for you and what hasn't but it's it's so weird sometimes the 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 public you know quote unquote really kind of surprises you or takes you back i guess yeah and it's, it's funny because like we always talk about this on the show the idea of when you do write a bunch of songs you have you kind of have this thing in your mind where you think you know where songs are going to go you think you know the, the song that's going to be the most popular yeah and then when everything gets released you're like oh shit i thought that was not a throwaway but i thought that was going to be a, a deeper cut yeah. to the yeah. days like these catalog and all of a sudden <laughs> it's considered the best and that that happens all the time like you see bands do this where you know they they front load albums where they think their best songs are and all of a sudden track 10's got their best track and they're like oh shit, we should have chucked that up the front end like yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. funny that way and it's it's weird like kind of referring back to what we're saying it's it's hard to even learn from that because you could you could apply that same rule to to your next release and think yeah. well this is you know the the equivalent equivalent of that song that did really well for the last release um and then you follow that and it might it might not even work out that way so you just got to guess and hope for the best i guess you're talking about like kind of boosting up your sound and boosting up your music. How much did uh, getting played on Friday Night Football uh, boost up your sound and boost up the promo? How, how does this happen? Talk to me. This is crazy. <sighs> to be honest, you're asking the wrong people, Nick. <laughs> we don't even... I, I think we've got an idea of maybe how it happened. And yeah. absolutely, I'd say 90% of it was down in my opinion to the PR company we yeah, went through. Yeah, I completely Which agree. is Collision yep. Course. Yeah. Um, so, so grateful for them. Um, my understanding of it is that they essentially kind of push forward some music from whoever they're kind of promoting and us obviously being one of the acts that they're promoting. Um, and the AFL kind of from, from my, one, yeah, from I our think. understanding, uh, a group of songs was submitted that collision course was releasing or promoting. Um, they said, how about it? Choose whatever song you want, because I believe. Uh, someone probably Tim Price knows someone of the AFL something like that he's got he's got his connections mm. yeah. and uh, from our understanding Gravity got picked which is which is awesome I mean it's a great feeling for us uh, it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of an ego boost I guess <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's something to tell the grandkids that's something we got, we got played on Friday Night Football that's crazy yeah. um, Noah I was doing a bit of a kind of deep diving on you in 2018 you posted your 10 favourite albums of all time uh, ah. the few, a couple of albums that you put up like Green Day's Dookie and Trophy Eyes Chemical That's Miracle right, yeah. a question to you is has there been any albums that have come out since 2018 that would be included in your top 10 albums of it's all a, time it's a great question um, it's a hard question to answer it's funny it's um, it's like you, you, you listen to a lot of albums and a lot of them affect you I mean just even comparing that I think my list probably would be different uh, but my music taste is extremely I would say different or has evolved since then yeah. Um. I, since then, I kind of discovered Bring Me the Horizon, and I think yeah. uh, particularly Ammo, I think, is a great example of um, what I really enjoy, but what I also want to kind of... I think what a lot of us want to capture in days like these, just that yeah. sense of diversity and, and almost confidence um, in pursuing just, like, this diverse sound. Um, so that's probably pretty up there. Um, I think 
There's the one you're not mentioning. <laughs> what Radiohead? No, 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 no. Lowe's. <laughs> oh, I sweat that. Yeah, album. I really, album. I really yeah. love. I let it in and it took everything by Lowe's. That's um, yeah, that's a really great album in my opinion. I don't know. It's 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 weird. Um, a lot of people. Uh, almost blacklisted as a Deftones ripoff, and I definitely <laughs> hear the influence. Like it's so strong, I I, yeah. I can't really dispute that. Um, but there's something about it. I think they have a, uh, in my opinion, a very distinct brand of heavy music. Yeah. And then uh, their more melodic side is just really, uh, at times angelic and, and melancholy. And um, there's just a certain sound that's almost um. It's hard to put into words, but it's it's the same reason why I'm I'm kind of attracted to, um, uh, <laughs> Radiohead, which is it, it's it, Russell got me onto Radiohead, and um, just like I, I've been a pretty big fan ever since. But it's just there's just huge memes surrounding Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny, like how much you can love a band, but like a meme that just completely bags them out just makes you lose your mind. That's it's, the thing, though. I feel like it only applies to this extent to Radiohead. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. I and Noah follow like three or four maybe five Radiohead meme pages Radiohead's my all time favourite band and Noah's yeah, very heavily it's, it's into this point as well but we're, we're following these meme pages where it's the most depreciating shit about the, <laughs> about the band and all the members even though we love the music we love the band we love everything I they, think the beauty of it is that there is some truth <laughs> to most of the memes yeah. um, it's like I think I saw this meme this is pretty inappropriate but I think I saw this meme where it's like in video game like this guy just demolishing all these other characters and it was like me like beating up all the pedophiles in the pit at the ready head show literally it's just the weirdest shit and it just sent me um not saying there's truth to that I have no idea <laughs> but uh yeah it's funny to, to answer your question um I think another artist that's really influenced me as of late uh, is the 1975 I think yeah. they're another great example of something i would like to incorporate more into dlt is that that diverse sound and just almost this idea that they can pursue any sound they like um yeah. and, it, and they just they're going to be happy and i think that's what we're slowly moving towards i don't think wide awake i don't even think our release after wide awake it might not even that i that i guess that vision might not be achieved for a long time if ever i don't know but it's something i want to work towards more and more and who who would you uh, prefer, Foo Fighters or Nirvana? Because I saw you're a big fan of both. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> what? You love it. It's all right. It's like <laughs> uh, you know what I'm laughing. Yeah, at. I know what you're laughing. Noah at. has a couple. That's cringe. Can I, can I say this? I don't get what you're saying. <laughs> Noah, I think used to be a huge Foo Fighters. Yeah. N- Nirvana as well, but a, a Foo Fighters fan too. Mm. And he's got this cover photo image. If you scroll through his Facebook. <laughs> If you go back to like 2014 or something, it's a picture of the members of Foo Fighters in a row. And over the top, the words are, I fucking love Foo Fighters. (laughs) (laughs) And I posted it was like 14. And I just hate that at the time I was like, I relate to this. (laughs) This is cringe. But um, I I would have to say Foo Fighters mainly because I think Nirvana is probably objectively a better band or maybe... They, their career was too short to even uh, compare. I'm not sure, but uh, for Foo Fighters, they definitely sparked my interest in music in general uh, quite significantly. It went from music was nice in the background, I didn't really notice it, to I really, really 
heavily started following it and i wanted to <clears throat> you know dive headfirst into this wonderful world that is music um yeah. so yeah i guess i guess them looking back i i definitely um i definitely see why a lot of people do and don't like them i i definitely don't think uh they're like one of the best bands that's ever exists or anything but they influence me and there's a lot of sentimental value so i appreciate that and russell you did the exact same thing in a couple albums i just want you to talk about one that kind of caught me off the who my generation <laughs> uh my dad's a massive who uh who i was gonna say who fan. he's a massive who fan um yeah. he's, a bass, he's a bass player and is obsessed with the who mainly for the bass guitar uh, talk oh, to me yeah. about that album in particular yeah i mean that one the who believe it or not is a band that i've it's been one of my favorites for a very long time and i I mean since i was probably like eight years old to be totally honest with you um that that album in particular i mean i grew up with a lot of classic rock influence mainly from my parents i mean i've always been in a household where there's been music playing and the who is one of those bands that was always on um and i guess because you hear it when you're younger you kind of gravitate towards it. it's familiarity you know when you're impressionable age you you latch yeah. on to the music that you're hearing um and i remember seeing you know videos of keith moon smashing the shit out the drums and blowing them up <laughs> and yeah. partially going deaf in one ear and oh crazy shit yeah. um and pete townsend wrecking his guitars he's like one of the first guys to go and do that kind of stuff um and i think my generation was the album of theirs that I heard in full for the first time when I was really young. Um, it's got a lot of really good hits on it, in my opinion, really good songs. Um, it kind of has that punky element before punk yeah. was even a thing. Absolutely, and I, yeah. yeah. Really, really. And they, I were think, pro- they were prototypes to punk, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. As you were just saying, like with the smashing of the drum kits and the smashing guitars and that, like that wasn't seen for another 10 years or so. And exactly. then it started to pop off in the UK. Exactly, yeah. that's right. I mean, everyone sort of references, you know, the Sex Pistols in sort of British punk. But yeah. it's like, that was early 70s. The Who were doing this shit back in the I, 60s yeah. before it was yeah. even a thing, I, really. I can't say I extensively know their discography, but the song my generation i i believe is uh, at least in um commercial music is probably one of the first punk songs that were ever written i yeah. I, I like defense super hard that that's not it's not a classic rock song by any means um yeah yeah russell's definitely an old soul in that sense and it's, it's great it's like a really i think it's a really great balance to us as members and us, us as a group because i think uh probably connor our bassist and callan our singer uh, they're probably the most up to date with current music and and especially genres that are, that are shifting into a more popular, um, I guess the spotlight, if you will. Um, I I'd probably say I'm somewhere in the middle. I try to keep up, but I do like my older stuff. And and the truth is that is that there's a lot of old music. Um, and by old, I mean you know ten, twenty, however long ago. Um, yeah. that I haven't discovered, and that's and that's wonderful and that's brilliant. And um, it does it does really make an impression on me and then russell's definitely i, I think he's like almost in rather me in the middle he's like perfectly at, at both ends of the spectrum i think yeah. at the moment he's a, a massive fan of paul stacy is that right yeah 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 it yeah. was just like that current sort of uh i don't know like almost trap rocket it's weird like the machine gun kelly like rap yeah. is doing rock um sort of pathway but it's brilliant but you know russell also like knows led zeppelin like the back of his own hand it's, it's, it's insane well, uh, the thing i think's sort of interesting is that when you look at music 
in my opinion, you you kind of it's almost like studying evolution in a way. You see how mm-hmm. things evolve into the next thing. You look at artists from the '90s, and they were influenced by '80s, '70s, or '60s sort of artists. And you look back to guys like Jim Morrison from The Doors. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was influenced by like classical music and yeah. and stuff like that in a big way. He was really into that. So it's everything that came before it influences what happens and carries on that progression. So it's exactly. you know, um, and you can hear that influence when you listen to any kind of music. You go, oh yeah, I can hear how they were influenced by said artist in the 80s or the 70s or whatever yeah. so it's cool it's cool to look at that way i think and the thing is i mean this is maybe going a little philosophical once again but you know some would argue that there are technically no original ideas and on and that does make sense in the musical world too is that by the time someone brings out this new uh brand new style of music it's, it's usually been done before or it's a brand of music that was done decades and decades prior and it's just been i guess repolished you know um yeah i i don't think genres really spawn out of nowhere i don't think many things really do in general yeah. i was uh i was lucky enough to talk to mark bernardo from auntie donna a few weeks ago i i, I am yet to listen to that i no, as of recently am <laughs> such a huge fan of auntie donna it is stupid well what, something about mark is he's a huge music nerd and he's a huge metal fan and the oh, one well. metal band that he uh, that isn't metal sorry that he is obsessed with is radiohead i figured and, uh, I, i've gotten that impression and Russell, um, OK Computer was in your top ten albums of all yeah. time, and Noah, you've obviously become a Radiohead fan. Yeah. I'm not, but I, I must, I have to go back and start listening to Radiohead because I remember trying to, and I just couldn't get into it. Mm. Talk to me, sell me on the idea of Radiohead. <laughs> well, like, why? <laughs> Tom York's voice, talk to me. Oh, you don't want me to try and preach on Radiohead? <laughs> I would shut up for hours. Yeah, it'll be like, well, um, I don't need to sell it. You need to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Radiohead is the essence of life i'm not really selling <laughs> um, I, I don't know look yeah i i think it's I, I don't know it's it's weird because they are a really big band a really well-known successful band but in many ways i also think they're really really divisive and some people just will not like it no matter yeah. how much they try mm. I, I don't even know how to sell it because it's they're a in my opinion, a really diverse band. If you listen to all their disto- discography, um, it, it changes from album to album. I mean, Pablo yeah. Honey was their first album, which I'm not going to pretend like that's a good album. I don't, <laughs> I don't I, like it. To be fair, um, I think uh, for its time, it was 1993, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I don't think for its time it was uh, ridiculously bad. I think, in fact, what people really notice is how I think the lead single Creep which is you know what most people know as Radiohead how well that song did compared to the rest of the album I mean let's say they didn't release Creep maybe the album would have done well anyway just on a more underground level I'm not sure but I don't I've listened to it and I don't think it's a bad album I just think it's probably their worst album or at least yeah. one I think you'd be hard pushed to say it's not their worst <laughs> without sounding I, I like believe, a dickhead I probably agree um, but I mean you go from that to the Benz 1995 and that is this sort of it's a rock album but it's got this really unique flair to it it's quirky it's got these lots of different elements that weren't really being explored that much during the 90s it's Mm. got semi-grunge elements but it's got these kind of weird quirky almost jazzy elements at points Mm. um then you get to okay computer in 97 which is still my all-time favorite album ever yeah um i discovered radiohead or properly got into them when i was about 14 but i do remember when i was about six or seven years old, I've got this DVD in my house that 
uh, my parents have probably had for ages. It's a Rage DVD. It's 20 years of Rage yeah. from the ni- the 80s, late 80s through to sort of early 2000s. And Paranoid Android um, yeah. was one of the songs on that, that um, DVD. And it's got the video, which for anyone that's seen the video will know it's a very, very weird video. Extremely strange. Extremely wow. strange, yeah. verging on disturbing at points. It's, um, <laughs> and Paranoid Android is this really weird song. It's not. It's on a rock album that was, I think, won the award for one of the best albums in 1997, best rock album or something. It was crazy how well it did. But it's this song that is not a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge um, structured song. It's this six and a half minute journey into almost three different parts of three different Mm. songs put together um and it just i don't know something about it just resonated with me and i always thought wow what a weird band and when i came back to them and when i was about 14 and really discovered them listened to okay computer and thought this is so weird um and at that age i actually didn't like it all that much at first but after about 20 listens i'm like holy shit this is amazing (laughs) i love this It's a rock album, but it's so much more than that, in my opinion. It's, um, I don't know. I don't even, it's really hard to put into words in a lot of ways. Um, it's just, I love it. Yeah. As, as Radiohead fans, is Creep the most annoying song in the world? Or is it because it just gets played all the fucking time? <laughs> no, not at all. I think, I think a lot of Radiohead fans like to harp on about it, but... The, the reality is it's I think it's a brilliant song there's a reason why it's so popular that's the thing yeah. I mean I, I try not to be a purist I think it's pretty easy to be, be a bit of a purist when you're involved in music and you, even you're in a musician I definitely used to be more so when I was younger but uh, the reality is uh, I think the people speak for themselves and if they like a song it'll 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 blow up yeah um, I, I think it's I think it's fine I think it's great I think it's proof that Radiohead isn't just this weird um, inaccessible wacky band they can do really um, great appealing songs you know but the interesting thing is that if you listen to Radiohead's discography in my opinion it is very much a, an outlier yeah there's not really song, another yeah. song like Creep it was kind of like the only time they did that sort of thing mm. um, and yeah like it's a good song it's catchy it's you know very accessible I, I don't think you could say it's a bad song mm. um, yeah. but I think in my opinion, there's just a lot more to Radiohead's kind of content material than Creep. If that's if if that's what you thought Radiohead was, you'd be completely wrong. Because yeah. they've really that's the only song that's kind of like that. It might actually paint an, paint an incorrect picture for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, only because how say many massive does. hits do Radiohead kind of thing and like Creep's the biggest one they've ever had. So a lot of yeah. people listen to that and they're like, oh, that must be all of Radiohead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. So uh, in conclusion, uh, <laughs> Radiohead is weird. No one likes them, and you should listen. To them. <laughs> <laughs> you could start with the Benz. That's pretty accessible, I think. Yeah, I think. I want to. Yeah, go sorry. On. You're right. No, 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 no. no. Go <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna move to a different question. So, <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, I, I feel like the album that caught my attention most, and I feel like what is their best and my favorite is OK Computer. So, yeah, the Benz or OK Computer, I would probably say is, well, probably like a, a, a very good way to introduce the band to yourself. Yeah, 
Uh, I want to talk about image. Um, you guys have like an amazing image. Um, like every one of your, oh, every one of your you. presses and every one of your photos that gets sent out look amazing. Looks like an old WWE like Attitude Era stable <laughs> like, um, in the best possible way. Um, yeah, yeah, that is a compliment. How, how important? How important is that for days like these? And how much thought goes into that? Or is that just everyone just being who they are kind of thing? No, like that actually was a pretty big consideration for this release because yeah, yeah. before that we kind of just. We didn't really think of it as that important. Well, maybe not. We just didn't prioritize it. Mm, we kind of yeah. just, we maybe shot a music video and said, oh, we'll have to just do some promo pics. Let's just do them once we've finished the video in kind of whatever we were wearing. We didn't try and coordinate or theme a release. Um, you know, Wide Awake, we, we spent a lot of time theming the release in terms of how we dress, the sort of color palette um, and stuff like that. So this time around we did think all right let's try and be cohesive from an image point of view yeah um while still kind of embodying our own unique yeah. flares a bit mm. um because i think that's and from what i see in a lot of bigger bands that's what they tend to do they have a they have a pretty distinct look um yeah. so we definitely tried to do that a lot more with this release yeah yeah i think there was just a, bi a big i mean the last time we released music before wide awake was uh, a month short of two years prior um so it was way too long i think to um to, to wait to release new music especially as a young band i think it's really important to grind and um yeah. always try and stay relevant because the reality is uh i think you can uh, i naturally you know i don't like to call it competition but you are naturally competing with uh bands that are much bigger than you much more established and uh are probably better than you um so but but uh, anyway, I digress. Um, I think it was a pretty conscious thing for us, but I don't think it's uh, it's weird. It, I feel like via the band, I think with by that conscious change in image, I think we've also that's that's almost rubbed off on us in our personal lives. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 I think we found like a great sense of confidence um, collectively, but also individually by finding that that fashion sense or that image if you will yeah and there's this thing of like and i don't think there's anything wrong with it but there is the mm. the stock heavy music image of everyone being mm. sad and like kind of wearing dark yes. clothes and it has these the, the typical filters over it yeah. and like it's fine for what you want to do and like i think so you know look if i saw grave mind dressing the way that days like these dress i think it'd be a bit of a weird it'd be, it'd be a, a little yeah, bit strange yeah. it might it might not fit as well but yeah. i do agree like the uh, the stock image is getting a little bit old and it's kind of like mm. where do we where do we go from here um you yeah. said that there are inspirations from bigger bands is there anyone in particular that you look at and you go like that's you know maybe outside of the music genre or maybe fashion or something like that maybe you're a big kanye yeah. west fan i don't know yeah. <laughs> well it's yeah i mean each of us have pretty different well we have a bit of overlap in terms of who we like musically and sort of um, image wise but there's definitely some differences too like one of the bands from an image point of view that I really admire is Muse they yeah. have this sort of grand mm, like no you mean look it's like yeah. they're these they're like this elite sort of I don't know <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. they've got something really cool they're really stylish mm. um, so from an image point of view and a music point of view for that matter love Muse and, and those both go hand in hand I mean they're essentially I would at least categorise them as a rock opera band yeah. so of course yeah. their image is going to be quite grand much like you know the opera was or is um, I think for me personally uh, 
I don't think if you're familiar with Loathe or Ocean Grove, I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm a bit of a combination of like Dale and the guitarist of Loathe, just with the glasses yeah. and the nice vibrant clothing. But um, yeah. yeah, there's something about it that appealed to me, and I was like, I don't know, it just spoke to me, and I, I just decided to. To be fair, I I don't think it was very uh, calculated that way. I, I didn't think who can I look like. It was just like I walked into a few op shops and I thought. Well, yeah. I want to spice it up, and I kind of know what I like. Let's push that to the extreme, and I found what I found. I think Callan did the same thing, and um, and through that, I think uh, I'd probably say particularly Callan and I, uh, we dress uh in a pretty feminine way, and I think it's brilliant. A lot of a lot of artists and people in general are getting really creative and expressive yeah. with the way they dress and their image. Um, and maybe that's egotistical. I don't know, but I think it's. Pretty, uh, I think it's a, a you know, not sound crazy, but a pretty beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's like an expression of human life, and I think right. it's great. Yeah, exactly. It's about being more comfortable and content with who you are. Yeah. Not to get too deep or anything. No, but, but that like, is... Well, 10 years ago, you didn't see that at all. Like, exactly. At all, and now it's everywhere, which is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. right. I, I agree. And uh, Callan and I, I think, probably by nature, are slightly more feminine guys. So I think naturally we've kind of gravitated towards a slightly more feminine look um and it just yeah it makes us feel good and so we just follow it yeah while listening to wide awake you mentioned ocean grove and there mm. were there's a lot of times in, throughout this ep that i'm like it's got that early 2000s kind of vibe and mm. funny enough flip phone fantasy has a big like early 2000 yep. vibe is yeah, that a direct incredibly. influence you'd say um yeah i yeah. I, 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 would, I would i would say so ocean grove is, is a band that um, all of us really like mm. um, again musically and image wise as Noah touched on there Flip Phone Fantasy I really enjoyed I know some people were a little bit funny with that album that they thought it was a I bit loved it I thought it was awesome yeah I did too <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it I, I think I prefer it to the first album um, I don't think there was a huge like conscious influence from that album stylistically Maybe yeah. subconsciously, we weren't going, oh, fuck yeah, flip phone fantasy. I want to be, a, you know, write music yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that we all, or at least me and maybe a couple of others really enjoyed it, um, that would have maybe come through in the writing process a bit. I, yeah. I think it would have. Definitely. I think organically, all these things wear off. I mean, you could even listen to an artist for like, like a handful of times and never retouch and you could write a song like that um and yeah which is happening more and more with us i think it's it's not like we'll sit down and write seven songs and they all sound the same it's it's uh it really depends on what we're currently listening to mm. um what was the question <laughs> oh did, what did ocean grove influences yeah yes. yeah i i think uh like you said that that was that obviously that was pretty obvious to you so i would say yeah i mean i i, I noticed that for sure yeah. um i think the most appealing thing overall was was just again i think they're another band that have they don't have they have a very little sense of boundaries and yeah. i think that was definitely the most appealing thing for us and i think we followed that um that idea more so than the style of music or pursuing being an ocean grove or something like that mm. russell you you mentioned like the idea of like you know, either consciously or subconsciously being influenced by something. And I think that's a really, it's always a fascinating talk because there's so much music out there right now and you do sometimes listen to a song and you're like, hey, that sounds exactly like this song. And a lot of people try and call them out for it. And I, you know, if you want to play devil's advocate, you can always say like, it was a subconscious thing. I remember somebody 
ripped off Void of Vision a couple of, a few years ago. Um, one of their okay, songs, like like for like, the riff was exactly the same. And okay. the guy came out and he said he'd never heard the song before, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I guess the defense that I was trying to put in is like he may have heard it once in passing. Two months yeah. later, he play he plays the riff and he doesn't even know about the song, but it's yeah. like it's yeah. it's kind of stuck in your head. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever kind of caught yourself out like you were writing a riff and you're like. That sounds a bit too much like this. That sounds because that happens with every band. Like you yeah. write a riff and you're like, nah, that's too much like that. Yeah, yeah. look, I'm I'm not gonna pretend that's never happened. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> that's happened before. Yeah, um, uh, one one of the bands that I've really enjoyed in more recent years, in the last sort of four years or so, um, Oceans Alaska. Yeah, I love them. I think they've got. I mean, they're really heavy. I don't tend to listen to music that heavy very often, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of sort of deathcore elements in there that I wouldn't typically be gravitating towards. But with Ocean's Alaska, I love it. I mean, Chris Turner is probably my favorite drummer of all time, to be honest. I think yeah. the man's an absolute machine. Um, and I've definitely noticed that kind of their style creeping into my own writing. There's been a couple of times where I've written stuff and I thought that sounds way too fucking oceans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think maybe your calendar has probably called me out on it before. And I thought, yeah, you're actually right. That sounds yeah. like Ocean's we're, Alaska. We're de- we're, we'll definitely speak our mind. I mean, I think we're probably all guilty of it. Um, I, I definitely, there was one time, it was kind of when Connor first joined the band, we were writing a song. I think it was mainly an idea that Russell and I were coming up with. And I wrote a chorus and it was just instrument, uh, just instrumentally. And I showed Connor, I'm like, this sounds too much like two-way mirror but white loaf white loaf and he just and, and the song wasn't playing he was just thinking for five seconds like sounds exactly the fucking same <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it happens like you said like even subconsciously and you're probably right about that I, I didn't hear about that Void of Vision situation but you're probably right I mean it's I think the subconscious is a pretty powerful thing and not something that we often regard Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, and how how much it can kind of uh, can leak out into our in, into our lives, but yeah, that's probably that is probably what happened. Yeah, uh, just a couple of questions before we get out, guys. Um, easy one. Ask, I ask this to every band. Uh, if you were to join Slipknot, what would your Slipknot mask look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wow, that's an interesting um, question. Oh, yeah, mine's mine's probably. <laughs> This one would probably be the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see them right now, but there is so much Batman and Joker content on these walls. Um, oh yeah, goodness. look, I'm a bit of a Batman sort of nerd a little bit. Yeah, um, genuinely. The one I, I love this, the Dark Knight trilogy. That's probably one of my favorite movie trilogies. Christopher Nolan yeah. directed them all. Um, I've, I've always loved Batman, to be honest, not to sound really cringe or anything, but... Um, Always really like Batman. I love the Joker as a character. Not to sound um, cringe, but I just like things. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit sort of kiddish, but um, I don't know. I always like the Joker as a character, and I've got a little sort of painting thing on my wall of Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. So for that reason, I probably say my Slipknot mask would be the Joker. What's um? What's the uh, in terms of rank me the three Christopher Nolan Batman movies? You got ba- oh wait in order of, of best- what you think the best is yeah best or worst. Oh. This is a this is actually a funny one because I was talking to Noah about this recently and I think I think it's changed for me because I think it used to be Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, but yep. now I actually think it's Dark Knight Rises, Begins, then Dark wow. Knight. Yeah, completely flipped. It's flipped a lot. Yeah, I love I love Batman Begins because it was like 
in the same way that I loved 21 Jump Street, which is such a different movie. Uh, because it had the expe- <laughs> you, you go in with an expectation of it like, you know, it's going to be a, like an average superhero movie. Because superhero movies at the time weren't this, you know, aren't the Marvel movies, like every movie's supposed to be amazing kind of thing. Although yeah. Spider-Man 2 is still the greatest superhero movie ever made. Um, <laughs> but, but like you go into Batman Begins and you, you just expect a standard one and all of a sudden you get this huge epic. And I think it's almost like you go in with that blank mind with the dark Knight and the dark Knight rises. You go in expecting amazing things. Mm. And even though it delivers amazing things, you're not being like, it's not raising the bar from what your ex- expectations yeah. were. Yeah. If that I, makes I, sense. Yeah, definitely. It's a great point. I mean, not to harp on about dark Knight trilogy, but Batman begins is actually, I think has a lot more, oh, maybe not depth or something. It's, it's in some ways it's a lot more interesting than Dark Knight you get to see you know Bruce Wayne becoming Batman and, and it's a very psychological very dark sort of movie yeah. um, you're being introduced to this whole universe and it's I don't know like because it's kind of the first of its kind and there never been like you say superhero movies quite like that there's something yeah. quite special about Batman Begins in a way um, so what, yeah and who do you like um, Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix <sighs> I think I'm always going to have to say Heath Ledger. Heath, Although, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, I thought, did a really, really good job of the Take in mind, well. I, def- I didn't even mention Jared Leto. We weren't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Such a controversial thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's weird. Wh- who would you say? Would you say Joaquin Phoenix or would you say Heath Ledger? It's, it's impossible to... I think it's hard to make the comparison because... Yeah. Heath Ledger, like they're like Heath Ledger stole every scene he was in, but he wasn't in every scene. And Joaquin mm. Phoenix is in a two-hour movie, so yeah, he's really the forefront. Point. So every movie can't be a scene stealer. So I think there's they're different. I think it's what you go for. I think I think it's more what movie you like more. I think yeah. if you like The Dark Knight yeah. more, you will like Heath Ledger's Joker more, Naturally, uh, obviously. Definitely. And the same with the Joker, uh, Joker and Joaquin Phoenix. I but I do think Heath Ledger's impact on it's probably a bit more significant than um, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. But and, and I guess they're also very different Jokers as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got Heath Ledger's Joker. And he's, he's just kind of this he's almost isn't real he just kind of appears and he's yeah. this sort of demon that just fucks shit up and then he's gone <laughs> and that's it <laughs> and it's, it's almost surreal in a way but then you've got Joaquin Phoenix's Joker which is a, like a very relatable guy in a lot of ways he's this citizen of Gotham he's got a name I mean we don't know who Heath Ledger's Joker's name is but this yeah. guy Arthur he's a real guy and you see this kind of descent into madness and maybe in that sense it's a bit more relatable mm, whereas yeah. Heath Ledger's one it's like unless you are absolutely <laughs> fucking nuts you're just not gonna get Heath Ledger in the same way maybe yeah because yeah. there's not many people like that Heath Ledger's Joker I wouldn't think in existence no I think I agree I think they're hard to compare but I think both are really really sensational anyone who hasn't watched uh, Joker I think I really urge them to watch it because I think instantly I watched it and I thought well, this is probably one of my favourite movies I've ever watched yeah yeah, um, absolutely as and for s- yeah sorry no we, we kind of went on the back <laughs> sidetrack I was gonna like try to quickly throw in my Slipknot mask yes it's a good question and I've only recently gone I'm, I'm only going through my Slipknot phase now as opposed to a lot of people okay. going through in their young teens but um um probably something god I don't know um, I should have thought about my answer before I tried. <laughs> um, maybe 
If it was possible, I'd probably do like a, a dog, just like this rabid dog. Yeah. That would be sick. No, I don't think no, they've done anything like that yet. We've had people people say they want their mask on fire. We've had people say they want a big cube on their head. Um, one said <laughs> the, Discover- the Discovery's cube from the Northlane album. I uh, just said that <laughs> solely on their head. Don't Mark Bonanno said That's just wrapping awesome. cellif- uh, just glad wrap around his head a hundred times <laughs> and cutting a little hole for his mouth, even though he still can't see. Like, we've had some weird ones. <laughs> Those are much more creative than mine. Yeah, I, you know what? On no, second had- thought, I'm going to steal Mark's idea. The glad rap sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love not breathing. Oh, God. But, um, oh my gosh. Wait, uh, what, would, what would you pick, Nick? Oh, you shit. I've never, been, I've never actually been asked myself. I like the idea of the... Um, I like the Discovery's Cube idea, but I wanted it to have a something coming at the top so you can look down and it either shoots a beam of light or shoots fire out the top <laughs> and like you just shoot whoever's in the front row is kind of fucked yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. just kind of like look down and it also it's kind of like um like a dead mouse mask I guess <laughs> like that oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, sick Nice. Let's let's uh, go into Family Feud before we get out of Woo-hoo. here, guys. Uh, we got three three questions to go through. I want you, I'm going to ask a question. You got to say your name, and then you got to answer the question. Whoever gets the higher one gets the point. Three rounds. Okay. Um, let's start it off. <clears throat> okay. Where do kids nowadays spend most of their time? Noah on the internet. You got to say your name. Oh Noah. wait, Noah. Oh, shit, I Noah. Just... <laughs> okay. But yes, I, I was seeing the same. I imagine uh, on on their phones or at least on the internet. Yeah. The internet is the number three answer. <sighs> Russell, you can get the number one or two okay. for the Hold win. On. Okay, all right. Let me let me think about this. So, could you reiterate the question? Where do kids nowadays spend most of their time? Hmm. So I gotta say my name, Russell. Yes. Um, oh, number one would probably have to be. Oh, you said the internet. I'm going to say on phones or electronic devices. Not on the board at all. Oh. Oh. So the top, <laughs> the top answer actually is like a bit more a different way you, that they looked at it was they just spend their, their most of their time in the room and in their bed oh, <laughs> was the number that one. Would have, and and it's so easy to say, yeah. but that and was sc- and school was the number two answer. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Good makes one. a lot of sense. Right? So Noah gets the number, the first point. Got it. Oh. Uh, let's go to question number two. Tell me something many people do just once a week. Once a week. Uh. Wow. Uh. Noah? Yes. Finish their work week. <laughs> That is not on the. <laughs> really, that's weird. That's not on the board. I mean, and funny enough, that is not on the board. I mean, there's there's quite a few, but I mean, you, there's a. F- oh wow. Um, you could say a lot of stuff. A hundred, a hundred Americans were asked. So keep that in mind. Hundred okay. Americans were asked. Clean and polish their guns. <laughs> I'm oh, <laughs> Russell, refill their car. No, the top answer was going to church. Was uh, oh wow, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. shopping, laundry, clean the house, sleep in, eat out. Yes, number three, question three, and this is going to be the decider now. This is worth four points because you guys didn't even get an answer for the last (laughs) question. Damn it, worst fucking family few players ever. Uh, this last one, name a reason a person might wake up at 2 a.m. Uh, Noah, yes, 2p. (sighs) That's a good one. Thank you. Russell, I'll get your answer before I tell you. Okay. Uh, 
Russell. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd say it just in case I had to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say maybe Bad Dreams. Okay. Uh, both are on the board, Sick. thankfully. Uh, bad Dreams comes in at number three with 16 <laughs> responses. And To Pee or The Bathroom comes in at the number one response. Oh, you win. Nice. Good game. Noah takes out the victory. Uh, Huge response. Noah, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, You know, I've been there. I've woken up. I'm like, my bladder is full and I need to go. So, yeah, relatable. Relatable, you know. Perfect, guys. Days Like These, Wide Awake is out now. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Russell, so much for sitting down with me through the power of Zoom. Uh, is there anything you guys want to say before we get out? Um, well, thank you, Nick, for having us, first of all. This was really fun. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, um, truly, truly. Genuinely, I think this has been very fun. Lots of laughs, uh, lots of nice and slightly deep discussions, and I love it, always. Yeah, this is this is genuinely, I do really enjoy this kind of thing where you have pretty honest, pretty open conversations yeah. where you maybe explore some things in a bit more depth um, yeah. regardless of what they are often not about music things that are, yeah they kind of anything really I General really enjoy life. that quite a lot um, absolutely it's actually our first podcast so yeah. you're breaking oh, our podcast Ginity <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, but another thing I want to say is that thank you for having us because uh, yeah. I've listened to a few backbone episodes and you're always extremely entertaining <laughs> a lot of energy and I, I respect that man I think nothing's worse than a podcast where someone's a bit boring slash can't keep your attention so yeah. Yeah. you're killing it everyone yeah. at Backbone doing a really good job we, so were, all, we were all pissing ourselves at the uh, high and glow response <laughs> <laughs> we love what, that. Did I, what, did, what did I say Can you oh, are they gonna fuck me oh they're gonna <laughs> fuck me <laughs> They they're gonna, gonna fuck, fuck me oh and i want to i want to get that on a shirt <laughs> backbone they're gonna fuck me and then the next one was you were kind of like oh get the fuck out <laughs> and then the next one you were just that was screaming. stupid that yes. <laughs> the next one you're like oh, i love that screaming that it was, was mental oh, but extremely so, entertaining and it's so-